Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You're listening to Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to the Screen Heroes podcast, your TV and film podcast on the Heroes Podcast Network. I am your regular host, Derek, and I have with me my two lovely longtime co-hosts, Ryan. Hello. And Ray. Hello. Hello. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to you. Oh, thanks. Thank you. And you you have some. Yes, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me back. <laughs> Welcome back to your basement. Uh, literally, I'm actually in, in my basement. That's where I am. Yes, that's why I said that. He actually lives there, for those that don't know, in the basement. Specifically. <laughs> that's where Rachel keeps him. I would let him up into the regular living areas if like, he could just be a little tidier once in a while. Is that a route? Wait, is this the road that we're going down? Which one of us (laughs) is the more organized human being? Oh, no. I am a sloppy ass pig. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa. This got real serious real quick, guys. (laughs) Hey, podcast. Yeah. Yeah, superheroes comic books we're talking wandavision this week we'll be discussing the two episode premiere that came out last week on disney plus but before we do that we'll be talking about the latest news and entertainment ray kick us <laughs> off kick us off all right so first and foremost you know we've got snyder cut gate oh geez more of that Right. That's our next shirt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that one out of three of us will buy. Justice exactly. League. Uh, I'll just say Justice League, the Snyder Cut Director's Cut four part series movie edition. <laughs> there you go. Oh That's actually really good. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it, it is no longer a mini series, it is a movie. And why is that, Ryan? Uh, because contracts and movies. Yeah, if you don't know, (laughs) movie contracts are like notoriously complicated. Uh, And so if they were going to release it on as a miniseries, then it would have been like required a new negotiation and new contracts for all the actors involved. And clearly that is not something that Warner Brothers wants. So uh, they decided to release it as a director's cut movie in order to save themselves money and not have to pay other people. Now, I don't know if any of you know this, but 
I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, with it coming out on HBO Max, you could pause it. Even I'm sure that's like right. truth, yeah. four times, like I think once it depends on, on the your hour TV. mark if you want to. I think it depends on your TV if it has a pause button or, or not on the remote. So but, what you're saying yeah. is, is people that want the four part experience that we were ta- told about earlier last year, you could just pause it and be like, stay tuned for next week. <laughs> yes. And then watch yes. it next week. And then, I mean, if you want to wait a week, that's all, that's your call. You do you. If you don't, you could say that you waited a week, wait like 10 minutes, play it. And then it's like you're time traveling. <laughs> <laughs> Or you could just go refill your booze and take a drink every time there's a slow-mo shot. There you go. You'll be dead uh, an hour and a half in. Okay, so fun project for me (laughs) this weekend. I'm going to create the Snyder Cut uh, drinking game. Every time Hallelujah plays, (laughs) take three shots. No, just nonstop, just chug. He really only uses that in the trailers. He chugged during Hallelujah. It's not going to be in the movie. We don't know that. I mean, it was in Watchmen. It was in Watchmen, Watchmen. but I'm pretty confident it won't be in the movie. um, Let's see, like one shot for every time Cavill's in a Jesus pose. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, people will be dead. (laughs) You're going to kill off our only listeners. Well, it depends on how late in the movie Superman shows back up. I mean, I'm pretty sure there will be like seven poses in the first five minutes that he's there. <laughs> he's just going to walk around in a crucifixion pose, probably. <laughs> With like well, back, point, backlighting. If you're he's like, I'm just stretching around. my arms. I've been in a coffin all this time. Yeah, you know? exactly. If you're walking around like that, then it's just, you know, the what's up, bro? Like he's going to fight. That's true. Like a bar fight kind of thing. Okay. So <laughs> I think we should move on. Probably a good idea. Okay, Uh, some more fun rumors that Charlie Cox has been spotted on Spider-Man and that he may even be done filming. He like, I think those two articles were shared maybe a week apart. So whatever he filmed was maybe five minutes of content. I mean, another way he could be done filming is if he never started filming. (laughs) And the rumor was wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean the rumor, the rumor, the person that that spoke out about this is the one that also set claimed that he saw Owen Wilson on the Loki set, which later turned out to be true. Yes. Uh, so, you know, it needs to be taken with a grain of salt, like any other rumor would. But obviously, all three of us here are pretty big fans of Charlie Cox and his Daredevil portrayal specifically. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think that I can safely speak for all of us and say that we would be fucking pumped. If he was in Spider-Man 3. Yeah, absolutely. I, at this point, I'm more surprised by who's not in Spider-Man 3 than I am at who is in Spider-Man Nicolas 3. Nicolas Cage, I think, is the only one that hasn't been confirmed, right? I heard he it's... was playing Superman in Spider-Man Oh, yeah. 3. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that first cro- they're really crossing universes in this one. And, like, I thought they were going to bring John Mulaney back as Spider-Ham, but no. No, it's gonna be Chip from the Rescue Rangers. There you go. <laughs> That's the role they're going. It's a real with. crossover here. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Into the everything verse. Well, I just want everyone to know that I, I've got my phone right here. If you need, if you need anybody else in Spider-Man Three, you just, you just give me a call. 
Eric has already been in a movie. He's really good at playing bystanders. So you and can computer defi- voices. Yeah, you can definitely have him play a bystander in your what I assume is going to be a world breaking like disaster. It's kind of typecast at this point, though, into bystanders and computer voices. So it if you could unfair. get him as someone that could break that mold, that would be really great. I think he could also play like sports commentator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Radio yeah. voice, Ooh. I think would be okay. Yeah. Um, you know, other random electronic voices, I think he could do well. It doesn't have to be a computer. Could be an alarm clock. It is 8.08 p.m. See? Boom. Sold. Now your typecast is an alarm clock. Ooh, ooh. Uh, GPS. <laughs> GPS voice. Yes. Wow. I, I think Samuel L. Jackson's got that one, Market. You know. You and I could do a reverse her, and I could fall in love with my phone. Your GPS? Specifically? You play the phone. Oh, the GPS would be fantastic if I fell in love with the GPS. Particularly. GPS, tell me the path to my heart. <laughs> that's that's the trailer right there. All right. What is happening? All right, let's let's move on. We can from... predict her every road except <laughs> the one to her heart from nice. the the phenom that is my acting career so far. <laughs> it's true though; he's been in a movie. Um, so yes, let's move on. I, uh, Ryan, do you want to talk about Ghostbusters Afterlife? I mean, there's not really much to talk about. Just a little bit this week. Uh, uh, Jason Reitman got to show his father. Ivan Reitman. So if you don't know, Jason Reitman is directing the new Ghostbusters movie that was supposed to release last year, but has been since pushed to this year. And he is the son of Ivan Reitman, who is the one that directed the original Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. So this is kind of a passing of the torch movie in the movie and out of the movie, which is probably a first really for a franchise like that. But uh, Mm -hmm. he got to show his father a cut of the movie and uh, probably close to the final at this point, I would think. Um, And he said his father his father cried and watching it and uh you know it makes me happy because i can just i i know how happy i get when my dad is really proud of something that i've done to the point where like i don't know if i've ever had anything like drove him to tears he was so proud but um you know i i feel i get feelings thinking about that for jason reitman i think that's really great and uh you know that gives me a lot of faith in the movie i already had a lot but I'm really, uh, really looking forward to seeing that. That's good. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice thing to read about. You know, you don't want you want your franchise to stay good. <laughs> and Hot uh, yeah, take. Thank you. <laughs> Please, franchises I like stay good. Don't suck. So. so, so far the Ghostbusters have three movies, and you know the first one's instant classic, like absolutely phenomenal. It's a ton of fun. The second one is silly and campy. It's not as, uh, I guess, intellectually groundbreaking, but it was still fun. And then the third one was just like a mediocre film that is sadly going to go down in history as like the world's most hated trailer. So, yeah. Hopefully it was just whatever. Better than that, at the very least. Right. <laughs> That's all I'm hoping for at this point. Exactly. So, like, it's just going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, we'll, we'll get to review that this year, but who knows? <laughs> we'll see. I agree. 
And then lastly, so let's talk Titans. They cast their Barbara Gordon. And do either of you really know the actress? Because I'm not too familiar with Savannah Welch. So I looked her up because I she looked vaguely familiar, but I didn't really recognize her name. And I she's been in a bunch of stuff since 04, but I don't think that I've seen any of it. No, I don't think I've seen any of it either. I was reading that. I guess she's a real life amputee, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. She's going to be playing Barbara Gordon, but uh, Barbara Gordon in this universe is already the police commissioner. Yeah, she which is interesting. Uh, yeah, she's Gotham City Police Commissioner. She's technically going to play Oracle instead of Batgirl. Right. And uh, so this is post the killing joke. Um, and Robin or Nightwing and her are an off and off again, on again type of situation, which I'm not super excited about. I mean, that's the comics, though. He's always on again, off again with Starfire and uh back girl it's like he goes back and forth between the two ladies i gotta be honest i just don't I'm, i don't know how excited i am to just like have this take over the you know first of all we get enough drama bullshit in this show it's supposed to be a show for adults so yeah. you know more relationship drama like that whatever but i also just don't want this to become the bat family show and then also some titans right like i'm worried that this yeah. is going to be way too much bat family with red hood as the villain right and nightwing and batgirl and batwoman um, was spotted on set batwoman was spotted on set i mean that's you know we don't know what that means but uh right. yeah i'm just really worried that that this whole season is going to be bat family and then here's the titans also you know and they're just going to be like a really second fiddle in their own show because i mean arguably that i mean like raven and starfire are way more interesting <laughs> than pretty much more powerful yeah you know i mean at the end of the day the bat family none of them have superpowers right yeah yeah so i'm more i'm worried about that this casting i'm sure it's going to be great but uh yeah it's just every time they cast somebody else in the bat family i get a little bit more nervous the only reason that this particular thing didn't make me nervous is because she's not actually playing Batgirl. She's the police commissioner. And so that gives it a different type of dynamic. And Oracle, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Still Bat family. Yeah, I know. It's 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 just a little different than her suiting up and, and fighting crime with them because they already have those people. She'll be serving a role that they don't really have right now. So sure. I don't, you know. It's just kind of a little, a little bit different. It's not like she's stepping in for the Robin turned red hood. I'm going to try and look at it as a positive because it's a super incredible thing for representation to see a disabled woman be a police commissioner where, you know, in real life, we know that there's a lot of biases in uh, police work and it may not be as easy for a woman to a disabled woman to become police commissioner now i don't know if it's going to be portrayed as easy in this or how it's going to be portrayed but i think it's just a really cool move for representation just on screen yeah definitely out outside of the show that that's a really 
good thing to see. I, mm. you know, my concerns are not really related specifically to that, but uh, yeah, I think that's really good and will be nice to have in the show. I'm definitely excited to not have another Jim Gordon. Right. Yeah, you know, I've seen enough of those. I don't need to see another Jim Gordon. <laughs> I, and honestly, unless you're going to do a silly take on Jim Gordon, like in the Harley, Harley Quinn. Quinn show, it's we've seen all the Jim Gordons. We've seen the, the silly guy who is kind of inept and Batman does everything for in the four uh, 80s, 90s movies. And we've seen, you know, the hardened Jim Gordon in jk simmons that we've seen the heroic yeah. jim gordon in uh gary oldman like we've seen it we've seen the young jim gordon in gotham i mean exactly. yeah, we've seen, we've seen every version we're gonna see another young youngish yeah, yeah. exactly jim gordon and the upcoming batman series in gotham pd so like yeah mm-hmm. i mean at, at this point i'm glad it's somebody else agreed absolutely All right, so we're going to take a quick break. We will be back in just a moment to talk about Wanda and Vision and Wanda Vision and yeah. Okay, cool. Bye. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. We are back to talk WandaVision's premiere, two episode premiere of WandaVision on Disney+. Plus. This is your spoiler warning for these first two episodes and any speculation we might have based on films and other knowledge. Ray, where do you want to start? Okay, so first and foremost, I think we should just start with kind of our overall. What did you guys, like, did you like it? Yes. Okay, Ryan? <laughs> uh, I did. Overall, did, okay. I did. I. It's a very, very slow burn in these first two episodes, and that is going to be a huge turnoff to a lot of people, I think. But yes. me knowing that Marvel's going to pull through for us, we all three have faith that, that it's going to pay off. I'm fine with a slow burn as long as there's a really good payoff in the end. And so, you know, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I wish we had gotten a little bit more in these first couple episodes, but, you know. Now, I have to ask... Were either of you fans of 50s and 60s sitcoms? Yes. 
I didn't watch the Dick Van Dyke show, which I think the first episode, that's what that was based on. But I ha- I did, when I was younger, watch a lot of Bewitched. Yeah. Um, which the second episode was based on. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I mean, I enjoyed a lot of sitcoms growing up. So I'm sure I'll find something that Dick Van Dyke show and some of those weren't really played as much when I was growing up as like, you know, Nick at Night would play a lot more Bewitched and stuff like that. And that's what I would watch. So. I am completely with you on that. I watched a couple episodes of Dick Van Dyke. I never saw like Leave It to Beaver or uh, some of the other like Dor uh, Doris Reed. No, Donna Reed kind of look that she's going with. But I knew what they were referencing. It was um, to me. I think we've all probably seen clips of those shows. So yeah. I we're definitely all watched big fans of TV. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. I watched a lot of those as a kid. Uh, yeah, including Leave It to Beaver and the Dick Van Dyke Show and the Mary Tyler Moore Show that spun off of it, and uh, definitely Bewitched. Bewitched was my favorite of all of those. I watched it a oh, lot. Yeah, it was great. Um, mm-hmm. And then later, I watched I Dream of Jeannie. Um, that was that was another favorite of mine, but that was a little bit later. Uh, so I, I definitely like recognized a lot of stuff that was just really fun. The just the the tone and the style of the way they handled that I thought was really great. The Bewitched stuff was wonderful. The way they handled the, the special intro effects, just... the animated intro was yeah. just fantastic. I'm, I am curious, like if that's like under parody law or if they had to get any like permission or if they even bothered to just be nice about it and ask, I'm just kind of curious what, what the conversation was for that. Cause it's, it's perfect. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have to necessarily be bewitched because I dream a genie and uh, a few other TV shows at the time had animated intros True. and they all used roughly the same animator. So they all just had like a similar style, but who, who knows? So let's talk the first episode. The first episode kind of has a Dick Van Dyke introduction where the two of them are driving in the car it says just married they pull into their new home and he carries her over the threshold but he phases through the door and drops her and it was a great way to remind people of his powers because you know we haven't really gotten to see vision do much of his powers in the in the movies Mm -hmm. um in that way he's been wasted a little bit so um you know, yes, this was right off the bat, a great reminder of his powers. And then when she, when they go inside and you see uh, uh, Wanda kind of like do a little spell so that she phases through the uh, couch or chair or whatever it was, um, you know, that worked really well. So you got kind of reminded of both of their powers right away. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that was good. I think the whole episode is really great at reminding you what these two are all about because the her offering to fix all this breakfast food and then him saying you know I don't eat and like it, great callback that we haven't seen since uh, Civil War right yeah this was this first episode seemed mainly about just reestablishing the characters and making sure you remember you know who they are what they can do what they've been through um so yeah uh, in that respect it was good yeah i I agree and kind of going back to it being a slow burn i think that in this case it maybe it feels more of a slow burn because we already got two episodes but they're only half our episodes so if you were to compare it to say one of like the netflix series 
I don't know that it's any slower than those, you know, but it actually has like half the time. But here's the difference. And this was something I wanted to bring up anyway. It's probably not a hot take at this point, but the Netflix shows, you get the whole series at once. This show, mm-hmm. you're getting it week to week. And so yeah, this show, I, I, I understand why they're doing it week to week, just to preface this so I don't put a bunch of comments going, oh, you, they're, 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 this is why they're doing it week to week. I understand. But I, I kind of wonder if this show, if at the end, we'll be like, man, that probably would have been better in one sitting to be able to just watch the progression right away instead of, you know, sitting two weeks on this really slow burn and we really still have no idea what's going on. And then another week that is still act one of the whole series. So we probably won't get a lot more. You know what I mean? I'm starting to wonder that. And I think that's why it works for a lot of the Netflix shows because almost every show on Netflix is still released all at once. Well, it's it's a fair question that this is only a slow burn because it's, if you don't like the old sitcoms, if it's not your thing, if you never even seen them, because honestly, there could be the whole Gen Z and younger generation that has never even seen these. I don't know where to find them at this point. So it, they may find it boring. The black and white may be boring to them. The, you know, no backstory that the sitcom characters have, no uh plot outside of like a married home kind of tussle or whatever like they're very simplistic stories and that's what this is kind of superficially mimicking well that's that's just another point in the column of release it all at once because i mean if they're if they watch these two episodes like this is kind of crappy i'm not gonna watch Mm -hmm. this then they're not gonna go back to the next week but if they know that they have nine half hour episodes they can binge in a few hours um, and that they can immediately go to the next one, then, you know, I feel like they're more prone to keep watching rather than a lot of the MCU fans. This is absolutely not what they're used to. Right. Yeah. It's a double-edged sword because like, personally, I don't like feeling the pressure to binge. Now this is half the length of like, say Daredevil or, or Iron Fist. And so there's a little less of that pressure of trying to get through, you know, like, well, is it like 11 hours of content when it was all said and done? This is half that, but on, on the flip side, I, it is a weird show. And I think like Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Loki are going to be much more uh, relatable to people or at least like peaking. I was going to feel say familiar. palatable. Yeah, pa- palatable. That's probably a, a more appropriate word. Whereas this, like the things I'm really excited about in this are probably more niche. Like I love that it was shot in 4.3. I love that it was shot in black and white. I love that they use real wire work for uh, some of the special effects instead of having CGI to make things float. But those are not like sitting down in front of your TV to watch a show things that most people care about. Right. And, and then are, like, you don't turn on a show because they're doing those things. You enjoy a show a little bit more because they're doing those things. And I like the weird reality stuff. It's why I'm a sucker for things like the Doctor Strange movie and why I like time travel and alternate reality sci-fi th- stuff. This is this is what that is. But you have to kind of know that because if you don't know that and you just sit down and watch it, it is weird. I, I think that's why they released the first two episodes because there is a distinction in how they're shot as well as uh, the time periods. If, if you're at least 
somewhat familiar with American history in the 50s and 60s, you can tell there's about 10 years difference in the style from first to second. So maybe that's why they did it. And I completely agree with you. I I think when Netflix used to drop like all a series at once, there was a huge pressure, especially with our podcast, to watch all that content in a matter of like three days or else it's going to be spoiled for you and people will just be jerks about it. Like that's a huge problem because not only do people spoil things, but they're jerks about it too. However, I kind of miss it. We've this year, uh, we've watched the end of Discovery, the end of Mandalorian, and now the beginning of WandaVision. And I kind of miss being able to just watch like two or three episodes back to back and then going like the next day, one or two. And, you know, I, I kind of wish they would drop the whole series. I know why they're not. Yeah, you get so that to squeak to week discussion. That's whatever. Yeah. That's what all the stream, a lot of the streaming services are after right now. They see Mandalorian. They see us everybody discussing it week after week, and so that's what they're going for. And we also you, don't want the drop in the fall or and the rush for subscribers. They only want new subscribers. They don't want dropping right. people <laughs> canceling and resubscribing. I'm just wondering if that this particular show, because of its weird and unique method of storytelling, would have been better as a single drop than, you know, like Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's going to feel like an hour of Marvel movies every week, probably. So that's fine. Right. I get that. But this it's not something that we've seen in the MCU before. It's very, very different. Um, It's telling Wanda's story and her story has to be told in a different and weird way. Um, So I just feel like personally and maybe at the end, I'll feel differently. But uh, for now, I feel like it's probably, yeah. I think it's fair. I think maybe, I think the problem is you have to get like past the third episode. I think once we get past that first third of the season. Yeah, into things are going to. Yeah, and things are going to be so off the wall, weird, super powery, crazy. Then people will be like, oh, okay. But you have to get to that. And Star Trek Discovery did, did made a similar decision when they launched the show to begin with they did a two episode premiere and it was shot in a very different way from the rest of the show and it was a very different tonal type thing and it lost a lot of people so i don't know if that's going to happen here i don't know if we're going to lose a lot of people because they decided to take this really unique approach it's gutsy and it's real. I mean, it's very gutsy that it's the first show to release too i know that wasn't really the plan originally but they still decided to do it and Mm -hmm. I hope it pays off. I hope that everybody ends up enjoying it and and sticks around, but I do think you're right. I think a lot of people saw that first episode, that second episode and were like, this is, I don't know what this is. Right. Yeah. Maybe it'll stick around on Disney plus because of the other stuff. Right. But not because of WandaVision. The biggest complaint I've seen just based on my Twitter feed and Facebook feed and stuff is that is boring that people just think it's boring and you know what in the end that's not the worst thing to be called you know um i don't know it's the the superhero genre though a a boring superhero movie is not something like even the bad superhero movies they're rarely boring 
right? They're just, they're terrible for other reasons, you know, but they, they don't leave people bored because there's, there's action sequences and special effects and big set pieces. And this doesn't have that. And I think that's, that's where the line is, is that the first two episodes rely on you getting what it is that they're referencing. And if you don't get that, then it's just, I think it's more confusing than anything else. And people might write that off as boring, but it's because they don't know what's going on. Okay. So let's talk some of our favorite moments from the first episode. That's the dinner date one. We meet the neighbor Agnes and uh, Wanda's trying to cook. Vision's trying to find out what his job actually is. I don't know if we're going to talk theories at all, but while you bring up Agnes, I have a theory about that. Remind me. Sure, sure. Let's let's talk about the episode. I actually have a whole list of things I want to talk about here. I I promise you I'm saving time. I just want to like... Oh, we still have 10 minutes talking about the last episode. Right, okay. So let's just talk one thing that you liked from the first episode and one thing you didn't like. All right. So I love the kitchen sequence where she's trying to cook dinner and she's using her powers to do it. And the, the shades keep opening up and, you know, she just kind of like freezes in some like funny pose when everything's floating around her. thought it was brilliant. It was very bewitched. It was perfectly spot on and she just had a great presence for it. So I loved every time that that happened. Um, and I like the way that they executed it, trying to use as many practical effects as possible. It's just not done anymore and it gives it a unique look. And it was filmed in front of a studio audience. So they got like the real laugh react kind of thing. Okay. Ryan, something you like. I liked the lobster door knocker after the lobster (laughs) went flying out. I thought that was funny. That was really funny. Yeah. Ray, what what about you? Oh, oh yeah. Me, I'm on the show too. (laughs) Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. My job is just to interview you two. Uh, really i liked uh everything from top to bottom the way it was styled so i was a big fan of the i I know it's in black and white or you know grayscale but there's still a color palette involved you can still tell in the tones and everything and it all seemed very pristine and if it had been in color i imagine like some stuff was you know that blue or mint pastel that was so popular back then and it yeah so i i like the style and the dressing uh the two of them looked great hairstyle suit it was all very niche so the set and wardrobe did a fantastic job yes as far as like disliking nothing really jumps out at me in that first episode to to dislike i'm I'm here for mystery i i think it's you know having to learn about it kind of as vision does is a cool i'm gonna spoil you on everything that's gonna happen this i mean no but it's not gonna be a mystery anymore is what i'm saying let me let me phrase it a slightly different way we don't know how it's going to unfold exactly we don't know who exactly is going to be who and we don't know the weird stuff that she's going to do when she's confronted with different things and i like that i think it's really fun so like there's really nothing from the first episode that i disliked other than you know maybe the fact that it's a half hour is a little funky because I just want to see what's happening next. And I would have rather have just had that, that two part, the first two episodes just be one full episode. Okay. 
So what about the second episode? Anything you guys want to touch on from the plot or what you like, dislike? No, I mean, there's a lot of things in the plot, but uh, that's a whole separate discussion that I'm sure we'll get to in a minute. But uh, the the whole like vision getting gummed up thing was a little (laughs) weird for me. Like, I I understand why they did it, but like now he's drunk. I mean, I don't know. It was weird. It, It was fine. It worked out. Paul Bettany's great, but you know. Oh, yeah, he's... He wasn't the problem with that. It's decision. not necessarily like the best choice, in my opinion, of uh, ways to go with the plot, but whatever. I, I agree with you. I think it's I think it's weird that because she still knows who Vision is. Like if she doesn't really if she's really blocked out the rest of reality, she hasn't blocked out Vision. That's the whole point. And yeah. it seems weird that a piece of gum could essentially shut him down. Yeah, because he has two gears for a stomach, apparently. Well, uh, you know. I mean, I took that as an exaggeration because of the tone, but either way, the effect is the same. And that just seems wildly insane to me. So like that, that didn't work. The rest of the episode, I really enjoyed quite a bit, especially the magic stuff, her having to come up with uh, quick explanations for is how, that how mirrors work. No, it isn't how mirrors work. <laughs> you, you're correct. But it was just, it was really cute and it was fun and it just, it worked really well for me. You know, like the piano is all of a sudden a flat piece of, you know, wood or cardboard. And, you know, now he's on a, a rope, you know, on hooks and pulleys. It was just really well done. So that was definitely my favorite part. What about you, Rachel? Uh, okay. So I liked her trying to blend in. Watching her at the pool party was just really funny first she's trying to mimic uh dotty and then she's forced to like kiss some ass and it's really like getting to her but she's trying so hard it's a good piece of acting from elizabeth olsen agreed all right so should we take a little bit of a break and then come back and talk theories let's let's do that we can do that okay we'll be right back everybody step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we are back. What theories do you want to talk about? Well, there's a lot. So basically, 5G said that like, in every shot, there's an Easter egg and you got to pay attention because there will be callbacks. So I think 
Ryan made a list. We should let him. <laughs> it's say not his. comprehensive, but it was some things that I remembered right before the podcast. That I want to write down. That's perfect. So I say we go with that because uh, Derek and I have watched a few YouTube videos that broke things down, and we have things that we agree and disagree with. So let's well, then some that. of these will probably be similar. Let's do. I this. imagine because I have watched a few also, and they picked up on similar things. Uh, Agnes. Yes. I mean, we know that she's something that something's going on with her. If you're a Marvel fan, then you know there's a Scarlet Witch character named Agatha Harkness. Mm-hmm. So Agnes, Agatha Harkness, uh, works with Mephisto quite a it's, bit. Yeah, it's a very similar name. It's also, it could be like a portmanteau. Um, it could I do be. want to say uh, casting. Catherine Hahn for that was just a really good decision, and she's wonderful in that role. Uh, there was a scene in the second episode when she, I think it was in the second episode, one of the episodes when she came to the door. Oh, no, it was in the first episode, I think, because she's like, I couldn't, you wouldn't answer the back door or something. She comes to the, she front got door. the pineapple. Yeah. And she, but she does like a little hand motion that looks kind of like when Scarlet or when Wanda does the, like when she's scanning vision. So, I mean, I think that there's something there. Um, also, she references her husband quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ralph. Um, Ralph. I, I have I feel like Ralph is Mephisto um, and that that's going to be the villain of the whole series. I I think, yeah, Mephisto is going to be one of those. Let me re, let's start from the beginning. I think Marvel is building up to bad guys that mean more like thanos like it's not just one person's bad guy his severals yeah right like we've got kang who is debuting in uh ant-man and the wasp three we've got uh dr doom who is rumored for uh both the fantastic four and uh black panther 2 we've got uh, the fact that Dormammu has been known to take on many shapes and forms and he was definitely not killed at the end of Doctor Strange and then Mephisto leads right into that as well so we're looking at big bads who cross over from comic to comic I and- will say I, I don't anticipate seeing Mephisto in this season of WandaVision I think that's definitely what it's building to. I totally agree. I just wasn't anticipating them actually bringing him into the show. I think we'll see Mephisto like at the very end. If yeah. they manage to cast Mephisto and keep that quiet, <laughs> God well, damn, that's really keep, cool. They managed to keep a certain cameo at the end of Mandalorian quiet. And that yeah. is an even bigger deal. So it wouldn't You're surprise me at this right. point. They've done a pretty um, good job. I mean, uh, Spider, Spider-Man Far From Home, they had a cameo that they were able to keep secret. So they, they can do it when they want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, next on my list, the toaster commercial. Okay, so we all, well, I hope all of us noticed that the only thing in the episode that was anything other than black and white was the little light on the toaster. Yes, it was red. Yes. Uh, it was red. Um, the sound it makes when they turn the toaster on I don't know if you guys noticed this is, a, is, is Tony's repulsor. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Powering up, which it, was really cool. I want that it was, toaster. It's a Stark toaster. It's actually a real toaster. They're, like that, they used an actual real toaster that they put a, uh, the name decal on it and something else because somebody posted on the internet today oh. posting that they had the same toaster. Nice. And they were looking so for somebody cool. to, to print it. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so these commercials are deeper than what they appear to be, just like most things are going to be in this show, I'm sure. Um, I think that the commercials and a lot of other people think that the commercials are related to Wanda's memories mm-hmm. specifically. Cause in the first commercial, you get the toaster with the red light. And that is kind of reminiscent of the stark bomb that landed um, where next to her and her brother and didn't go off that they reference in age of Ultron. Also uh, a video that we watched pointed this out that in sci-fi, it is pretty common to refer to androids as toasters in either a derogatory way Mm -hmm. Battlestar Galactica mm -hmm. but in the comics Scarlet Witch calls Vision Toaster as a uh, pet name really I don't think I've ever heard it as a term of endearing (laughs) before it's usually meant as an insult yes it usually is however they are not your average couple which is acknowledged in the show. Clearly. <laughs> there there was also, this one came from an article. I didn't come up with this one, but uh, the I, there's a theory that it's her parents that we see in uh, the commercials that this first one had, was her father and that the second one is her mother. Well, I think, or vice versa, maybe. The two actors are the same in both commercials okay oh they're both in both commercials mm-hmm. yeah that the, the, the man is the father and the and the mom is the, the mother yeah the man is introducing the toaster and the woman's like doing the sideshow thing next right. to it and then in the second one in the strucker watch commercial uh which i'm sure we can talk about right right after this uh he's just like tightening his tie and the watch is showing and then she's like wrapped herself on him so so going to that commercial talking about how it's her memories the strucker on the watch and the hydra um those are the people that were torture not torturing what experimenting on her and her brother um at the end of of uh when did they tease that one i don't even remember which movie that was and the post-credit sequence ultron ultron but But that was a post-credit sequence right yeah i think they were at the end of Thor the Dark World. Yes, yeah, I, think I think you're that right. Sounds right. Yeah. So, so no, uh, no, no, no. It was um, it was Winter Soldier. Thor the Dark World had the reveal that the Ether and the Tesseract are Infinity. So. Okay, that's right. Sorry. So yeah, Strucker. Um, you know that's what that's related to. But he's also, responsible for her powers, is what we're led right. to believe. Mm-hmm. So, and. The, there is something interesting that I haven't quite figured out yet, and maybe it's just a signal for time moving faster for Wanda, but uh, the the toaster starts beeping faster towards the end of the commercial, and the watch starts ticking faster towards the end of the commercial. I did not so, catch that about the watch. I'm not sure. Yes, they both start moving faster towards the end, so I'm not sure if that's just like showing that time is moving faster for Wanda at that moment, and that she's moving forward through the decades, but um, that's something we should definitely keep an eye on and see if the other commercials have that also. We do know that time does move a lot faster here, like obviously uh, she goes from the 50s to the 60s pretty fast, and I don't think, you know, it was necessarily the very next day but it didn't seem like a lot of time had passed between episodes one and two 
and we saw her pregnancy like they consummated at the beginning of the episode and then she is what seven months pregnant by the end well i think what's happening here is time just does whatever she wants it to do i don't think it's a constant speed or even just like a linear or exponential type curve it's just whatever she wants it to be is what it is we also saw her rewind time right Mm-hmm. with the beekeeper multiple times well and also with the eggs the yeah. chicken yeah. and the eggs when she yeah burns it. i didn't i yeah i don't it know i a, think that's a little different but well that kind of shows her reality warping so she clearly has some control of time but also reality she can uh she rewound time in two completely different ways she turned a chicken back into a bunch of eggs and she also but why would a chicken turn into a bunch of eggs? So that's that's what I want to bring up. So like with the beekeeper, that's manipulation of time very clearly. But with the chicken, that seems more like transmutation than it does time change because well, it's a, not a chicken to an egg. It's a chicken to a basket of eggs. The basket gets pulled into existence as well. The only reason why I say it's rewinding time is because she says to... Uh, too much let's bring it back and she like rewinds her hand so she's just flat out acknowledging let's take it back some so that's the only reason why i'm saying it i know it doesn't necessarily work for you i can tell by your face yeah and i don't think we need to spend a ton of time arguing that <laughs> no but, i don't want to um my next on my list i had agnes with the snap reference where she's like, oh, it'll be done in a snap. And it's like, okay, I'm still sensitive. So please <laughs> stop doing that. Um, that's not really a theory, but whatever. I like um, that. I didn't think of that at all. So children, right? Children is a big theme in these two episodes. Um, you get like them asking about their kids or why they don't have kids in the first episode. In the second episode, you get the for the children thing, which is very Shaun of the Dead. Or not Shaun of the Dead, uh, Hot Fuzz. Fuzz. Adjacent. Um, and you know, if you're a fan of the comics, uh, or if you know anything about Wanda, then you know that there's this, there's a similar situation that happens to her in the comic books where, uh, are surrounding her kids, her twins. Um, and I think that basically like this whole thing is a setup from Agatha and Mephisto to get her to have children, mm-hmm. either to drain her chaos magic or because they want to take the children to do evil things. Um, one of the two but there's so many children themes in these two episodes that i don't i mean that is very a very obvious theory it's not like a hot take or anything but well and even weirder is the fact that there are literally zero children zero kids in in the the first two episodes like there aren't any not 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 a one they're throwing a talent show for kids there's not any in the streets nobody's like playing not one has attended that talent show and you figure like if you're fundraising for kids they would be around to be fair like less than 20 people show up to that talent show so (laughs) yeah and if you notice that agatha is everybody else has their husbands or their wives next to them agatha does not she has somebody else i can't remember who it was sitting at the table with her oh it was the woman from the first episode kitty yeah yeah um from that 70s show yeah she was sitting with him without her husband as well which is interesting um you know because of the, what happened in episode one mm-hmm. 
you know, it's it, did he like leave? Did did Wanda like force him out after that? Like what what exactly happened with him? Because those are the only two that pretty much aren't sitting with their significant other. I just figured he was at work for him. But everybody else really, is off. I didn't really read into him not being there. Okay. Well, I did. But, so because this whole show is whole all about double meanings and mystery, as you as you yeah. mentioned earlier. So I feel like there has to be some meaning behind that, or it's you know seems like a weird but waste. The, the last time we see him, though, he's all happy and he's going to offer Vision a promotion and everything. So why would Wanda sure. want to remove that? I don't know, but maybe we'll find out in these next few episodes because it seems like too obvious a thing. If if it's really no big deal, he why isn't he there sitting with her? I mean, it's everybody else in the town is there. All the adults. I mean, there's the real world possibility that he wasn't available. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Um, I'm just going to ignore that because there's no point in arguing about this stupid, stupid stuff. We're talking about theories here. So yes, it might mean nothing, but it also might mean something. So you have to bring it all into account on a mystery thing like this. Um, the reference to Vision's indestructible head mm-hmm. in the first episode. Uh, not indestructible, buddy. You got a gem pulled out of it. But it took a while. Sure. But Both I mean, times. You, when we see him in the movie, it's like literally a head with a gaping chunk missing. It's not just yeah. the Infinity Gem. It's like a big portion of the head. So I thought that was funny. Not a theory again, but like. Uh, Another reference was uh, their disappearing box. It had the Mind Stone on it. The exact oh, yeah. shape that was in his head right right on there yeah kind of a weird subliminal thing i don't know if they did they i mean obviously the showrunners did it on purpose but if they as characters put that on there as per on purpose or if that was just kind of a thing i don't know right um so there's a lot of uh references in these episodes to sword um small small references um on the helicopter that shows up there's a sword logo on the front and then the beekeeper has a sword logo on his back you also hear from a sword agent on the radio, which is somebody we've seen before in Ant-Man, I believe, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. Randall Park. Yes, yeah. Randall Park. Yeah, his character. At least we're supposed Jimmy, to... Jimmy Woo? We're supposed to, yeah. We're supposed to believe that he's a sword agent. I mean, I guess it doesn't technically say that. No, it doesn't. But it says it's Jimmy Woo in the yeah. subtitles when you're watching yeah. it. So uh, that, that part is confirmed. But um, I have a theory about the helicopter. So if you watch the trailers, there's a there's a shot in the trailers of like a big orb over a city, and then uh, that a helicopter a helicopter looks surprisingly similar to that one flying around outside of it. I'm guessing that they either flew too close or tried to fly in, and that her reality warping powers turned it into a miniature, and mm-hmm. that's why it's still in color. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, I think that's a great uh, theory. Well, and don't forget the person who's watching the show yes has a a sword logo on one of the computer screens as well as her notebook Mm -hmm. right right so that's very if you missed it or in the other spots like that's very in your face there's also the reference that vision makes at the beginning of episode two about how he's heard about some unsavory characters coming to the neighborhood recently and i feel like that's a reference to the sword agents trying to come in like the beekeeper reference to themselves like they're the outsiders they're the unsavory ones it could be yeah well that's what he's saying right that's the joke because it's like a bewitched joke right but i think the underlying meaning is what ryan's talking about yeah um yeah so i mean i'm i think that's 
pretty much most of the stuff I had written down, but I'm sure there's more we can talk about, but. Uh... Well, uh, so the casting for older Monica Rambeau, uh, side by side, you look at the little one from Captain Marvel, and then you look at, uh, she actually is going by Geraldine here. Um, they look so, so similar. It's Tanoah Price, I think it's her name. I I am terribly sorry if I got that wrong, but she just looks so similar. It's a really good casting job. Yeah. So at the end of this episode, we're moving into the color. Mm-hmm. And she's spectrum, pregnant. And she's pregnant. And everything continues to be red. So we have the red light, the red helicopter, the red blood. And, you know, now, of course, vision skin's red. Her entire outfit is red. And there's like a slightly reddish filter. Yeah, red is clearly a theme. Mm -hmm. Are you guys excited for this episode? Do you have any theories about what we'll see this episode? I imagine that this being the last episode of Act 1, what you would assume? You would assume the first three episodes are Act 1, middle three, Act 2, and, and, you know, last three, Act 3. Well, Uh, I I feel like this next episode, uh, it's hinted at that this is going to be the 70s. And it's going to amp things up a bit it's going to be a little like each episode will be a little less comical a little more serious yeah yeah i feel like this is you know end of act three is where stuff will probably start breaking down for her mm-hmm. um a little more seriously i feel like that it's going to be you a pretty sharp three? or episode three sorry it's going to be a pretty sharp ramp up yeah to get into act two because you know you assume in act two is when they're going to start discovering like figuring out what's going on and everything else so for that to happen there has to be like some big stuff to kind of because there's already been stuff and it clearly hasn't you know pulled her out of this so mm-hmm. um i've heard theories that this is all in her mind do you guys think that's the case or do you guys think this is actually like a physical location that she's changed i think it's a physical location that she has either changed or created yeah i don't she, think it's in I her think, head i think she projected it with her mind clearly right. but you know there's fun theories that uh scarlet witch has the capability of using like her powers can be any of the infinity stones to a certain degree like she can time travel she can travel through uh space like teleport she can change reality so uh that is unique you know maybe the soul stone is what brought vision back and so that leads to an interesting question where you know i think some of these people are real they're actually there do you think vision is really alive again or do you think he is just a projection i think he's real because he seems to know that something's up that there's a lack of explanation to things and he seems to be like digging for more when nobody else really is i think agnes is real and i think he is definitely real though he could just be the part of her subconscious that is see like you know is trying to break through now i don't think he's as perfect as the rest of the world like 
I think once everything comes crashing down and we're back to a post end game world, I think he's also uh, has a glamour or filter on him to a certain degree, but I think he's there. It just may not be how we're seeing him, how we're used to seeing him. Interesting. And Ryan, you, you agree with most of that? I agree that he's a real being. I think this whole thing is a real thing and that these people in this town have just been kind of forced to be a part of this by Wanda. Um, there's a scene in one of the trailers where you can see a woman like putting up laundry, but she's crying or putting up a Halloween decoration. So she's putting up something in her yard, but you can clearly tell she's smiling and crying. Um, so I feel like this whole thing is, yeah, they're just being forced against their will to be a part of it. Vision is, she has, I mean, let's get real. She's a reality warper. So I think that she has the ability to bring vision into existence oh, totally. from nothing. So yeah. um, I, I think that that's probably the case. I don't know that she has the power to bring an infinity stone to reality, but uh, at least not with the same level of power it would have normally had. So I feel like there's got to be some way that they're going to handle that. It's either just like, you know, a, the, to make him look the way he looks or, um, you know, something along those lines. Well, it'd be I weird mean, to have an empty spot in his forehead, you know? Well, don't forget though. Like she knows that during infinity war, Shuri was really close to being able to remove the stone from him. Right. Right. And so he can exist without the stone. And she knows that that's at least a possibility. So if she can will him into existence, I mean, the stone might just literally be a jewel for show. But if she can just will vibranium into existence, then that raises a whole other set of problems too. I mean, just in the MCU in general, right? <laughs> like, why can't she just make enough so that Iron Man could build a vibranium suit and like they can make Avengers Tower out of vibranium? And you know what I mean? Like there's, there's some stuff that's a little weird in there. But, well, uh, I mean, that's definitely the problem when you have anybody with her power set, right? Yeah. You have to find ways to tamp it down. And so an explanation here is that she could only do it because of her love for him that she willed him into existence. She can't just randomly do it to make, you know, a suit of armor. Right. right. So like her limitations are kind of the exact same as the Green Lanterns that they're uh whatever they can imagine they can create so they're limited by their own imagination she's limited by years of trauma and insecurity and disbelief in herself so it's very possible that we'll see all of this unravel and you know while i think most of this is under her control. A lot of this is also being influenced by Agnes. And even more so, I think S.W.O.R.D. isn't just observing. I Like, why would you observe something as fucked up as this? Like, No, they're trying involved. to figure out how to stop it. I think that's the See, key. And I'm not entirely sure they are. Like, maybe they are. But S.W.O.R.D. is like S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, they they have their own agenda. They're not on anybody else's side, but they're their own. Totally yeah. true. I'm just, I'm just thinking that like based off of, uh, you know, the, um, the radio interruption. Um, uh, now, of course I lost his name. Randy Jimmy Woo. Jimmy yeah, Woo. Yeah. Or Randall Park will Ran work. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> based on that, it sounds more like 
they're trying to get her out of it and they're observing because they don't know what to do. And the last thing they want to do is cause her to have like a meltdown and like wipe out an entire city. Yeah. I mean, they potentially lost a helicopter in there just because it was flying it, you know, like there's so many things they can't go in. So, and they may even know about Agatha and they know that they have somebody on the other side who is at least as powerful as Wanda is. And they don't want to like, provoke that on their own without having wanda on their side it is interesting because like the you get the the mailman the interaction with agatha and the mailman or agnes and the mailman Mm -hmm. where she's like kind of asking about mail for her and like does the weird like gun motion and like you know that was a really weird it checks out his butt when he walks away that was a whole weird interaction that like seemed out of place so i'm wondering if she's monitoring the incoming messages because it seems like there's mail service still. I mean, of some kind, if there's a mailman, uh, it could just be created by Wanda, but obviously Agnes is somewhat worried about that because she seems to pay a weird amount of attention. They make a very big point of showing this interaction. So it has to mean something. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like that's what it is. She's like trying to make sure that no information is getting to Wanda, you know, but that, that was to reference your point about, you know, they're trying to get a hold of her. Yeah. Right. And Agnes probably knows that, I'm assuming. Right. Right. So I think that's, you kind of have like this triangle that neither one wants to upset the cart too much because it could end up killing everybody. <laughs> right. Or Agnes could end up not getting what she wants if they, yeah, if right. they, something happens. So exactly. Well, and I mean, that's, that's kind of part of it. Like if something happens and Wanda dies, then her plans fall through. Mm hmm. Right. right. So everyone's trying to kind of play the slow game here and Wanda's going to start to unravel pretty soon. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Okay. So uh, I, as viewers, as listeners, if you want, here's your homework research, Agatha Harkness, Mephisto, and the many different origins of Vision and Scarlet Witch, because they're going to try and cram like three or four origin stories into one big pile here, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, For bonus points, you can also look into her weird twins, because, you know, sometimes they're real and sometimes they're not. Yeah, and they are obviously going to be a part of the show. They're mutants in the comics, as I understand it. And so, you know, there's a lot of theories going around there, even before we saw a trailer for the show, that this was going to be how they introduce mutants into the Marvel Universe, that either one of the snaps did it uh, or, you know, something with Wanda activated it when this whole thing happened you know there's any number of things so we may not see mutants for a little while but they're definitely going to use that word either in wandavision or eternals that word is coming up so sure be be prepared for that um next week we're going to talk episode three and we're probably gonna talk something else because it's just one 30 minute episode we haven't decided we're gonna talk amongst ourselves if you're listening and you want to give us suggestions we're here for it have it be the new nick cage movie that's coming out with the with the uh animatronics (laughs) oh my god the five nights at freddy's yes oh i made that joke featuring nick cage uh you and everyone else on twitter made that joke okay wow you stole that joke from twitter derek we know not from twitter yeah it's not even true 
whatever. All right. Well, then that's going to be it for us this week. Thank you for joining us and talking WandaVision's two episode premiere. You can find us at Screen Heroes Pod on Twitter and heroespodcasts.com where you can stream the show or you can subscribe on any number of podcast apps. Whichever one is your favorite, you can drop us a review on some of those. If you do, we will read your review on the show. It really would help us out. So please go and review us. We are Screen Heroes and the Heroes Podcast Network. Ray, if people want to find you and talk to you about WandaVision, how can they do that? You can find me at Siren Ray on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter is the place to talk. You know, that's it's just text, guys. Like, let's do that there. All right. And Ryan, if people want to talk about the new Nick Cage animatronics movie with you, how might they be able to do that? At Buster Props on most stuff, but uh, the best way to do it is to go make a negative post about Nick Cage in our Screen Heroes group, and you'll hear from me very shortly. That's true. (laughs) He will yell at you and then outright ban you. I will ban you. I have that power, and Derek won't stop me because he loves (laughs) Nick Cage also. Speaking of our group, please join the Screen Heroes Forum on Facebook. We talk movies, memes, news. We have polls and tournaments. We're finishing up our DC casting tournament, so you can get in before that's over. And then in February, we're kicking off our Marvel one, so you don't want to miss that. So go ahead and join us out there on facebook uh tune in live tuesday nights 9 p.m eastern 8 central at the heroes podcast network public page on facebook thank you to everybody who joined us live this week we appreciate it we appreciate you and all you do we'll be back next week for more wandavision good night everybody Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.